As I mentioned just a minute ago, we're glad you're here today. We're glad that you're watching online. We're excited for what God wants to do in our service today. Amen. And so we're excited about that. We're also excited about tonight. You may or may not uh, remember that tonight we're having a gathering. And one of the things that we're super excited about with that is the fact that we are going to get to baptize five different people tonight uh, who are receiving Jesus Christ into their heart for the first time. That is awesome. As many of you know, our Hispanic ministry meets at 1130, and we're going to be baptizing one from our Hispanic ministry. We're also going to have the opportunity to baptize a child, a teenager, a college student, and two adults. And we're going to be hearing some great stories tonight about that. You won't want to be late. Uh, At the beginning of the service tonight, we're going to do something really powerful, and so you're going to want to be a part of that uh, tonight as we gather together. We're starting a new series today, a Christmas series, Uh, and actually, to be honest with you, this is one of my favorite times of the year, and I I, I agree with that, and I think that this time of the year is hard for many of us because it's a reminder, maybe someone that's not here, a relationship isn't right, and, and for that, you know, because of that, it can maybe cause us to be down or cause us to just kind of just want this season to be over. But the truth is, is that it was that way 700 years before we heard about the Messiah. In fact, before Jesus was born, 700 years before that, there was a prophecy uh, given by Isaiah and people were in the same boat that some of us are in today, feeling hopeless. And one of the exciting things today is to, for us and what Isaiah was delivering when he gave hope was that despite their hopelessness at that time, and maybe even despite some hopelessness that you and I might feel during this time of the year because something or someone, there's something that's not right. The encouraging and exciting thing is, is that there is hope in our spirit and in our, in our mind because of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so no matter where you are today, however hopeless you feel, there is hope because of Jesus. And that's what this whole time of the year is about. It's not about Christmas presents. It's not about, you know, all the things that make up the secular version of Christmas. It's about the fact that there was a a baby who became the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord, Lords that came into a word of, world of hopelessness and brought hope. And this morning, I just encourage you today, you have hope today because of Jesus. Isaiah brings this hope when he writes in Isaiah 9, 6. He says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Remember, they're in a time of of hopelessness. In other words, what he's saying here is Jesus is coming to walk in our shoes. Think about that. Have you ever missed someone this time of year? Obviously, we maybe miss someone. I remember one time I was trying to figure out a problem, and I lived in St. Louis at the time, and I remember thinking, man, I just... I just need to get a hold of my dad. I tried calling him. I couldn't get a hold of him. And I just, I just needed some advice. I needed some words of encouragement. And I've had people in my life, much like you, that, that, you know, have passed away and we miss them fiercely. And it's a reminder. But the hope that, that you can have and I can have is that Jesus 
has come and, and he can be our counselor and he can give us wisdom. He was coming to walk in our shoes to make right what we can't make right. And as a result, he will be the one and only path to God and eternal life in heaven. And then he says, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You have to understand context. These people were feeling hopeless. And Isaiah said, hold on. There's someone coming that's going to bring counsel and power and life and peace despite your broken situation. So this morning and and the rest of this series, we're going to be just landing right here on this verse. We're going to be talking about these four different traits and qualities and attributes of the coming Messiah that Isaiah was prophesying about. And this morning, we're going to be talking about wonderful counselor that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. When you study that word counselor, wonderful counselor, it's talking about wisdom that creates wonder. Can we say that together? Wisdom that creates wonder. Some of us have been in situations, and if we haven't been, we will be at some point, where we need wisdom. Isaiah describes Jesus as this wonderful counselor, someone who gives wisdom or gives advice. We're in, we can be in situations sometimes where we don't know what we need to do. You want someone to give you the answer. Would you just counsel me? Would you give me truth? Would you help me to figure this out? As, a, as an employer sometimes, if we own a business or a company, or we manage a group of people of some kind, and everybody's looking at us and they're saying, what do we do? As a mom or a dad or, or you know, as someone, a grandpa or a grandma or an uncle or an aunt or, or even just as a student at school, sometimes we'll be in situations where we need advice. We need to know what we need to do, but there's no, it doesn't seem anyway, like there's a black or white answer. Or sometimes, which is what Adam was alluding to at this time of year, we're so hurt or we're so broken or we feel so lost for whatever reason. And we are asking, maybe not anybody, but we're asking this question inside of ourselves. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you try to provide counsel for yourself, but for whatever reason, it's not working. Jesus came to be the wonderful counselor to give us wisdom that creates wonder that leaves us in amazement. When we think of the word wonder, maybe some of us remember a, a show that, or a movie that came out not that long ago about uh, you know, this subject of wonder, and a lot of schools have showed it. Or when we think of wonder, we might even think of, I wonder what, what's for dinner, right? But the wonder that this passage of Scripture is talking about is wisdom beyond understanding. It's It's amazing. You ever been talking to someone and they say something to you and you're like, I needed to hear that. I needed that truth. Wisdom that creates wonder. To give you an example of what wonder looks like or an amazement, when, when I grew up in the 80s, I was born in 1977, and I don't remember what year it was, but Oceans of Fun in Kansas City debuted, I think in like 1986 or 87, I don't remember what it was. 
and my family had bought tickets for us to go to Oceans of Fun. And I remember my friends had already talked about going there. And I just remember thinking, man, how awesome that would be. And my parents surprised, you know, us. And he's, they're like, hey, you know, we're going to take you guys to Oceans of Fun. And as an adult now, I don't really want to go to water park for lots of different reasons. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't belong in a water park. Although I would be buoyant. But anyway... <laughs> Do you need a life jacket? No, I'm good. I got my own. But I remember getting out of the car. Sorry, that was not on my, in my notes. But I have ADD, so it came to my mind. I remember getting out of the car when we drove there, and I'd never seen it before. And you see, like, they had, like, this big, those of you who, you know, grew up around this area and remember what I'm talking about, they had this wacky slide that was long, and, and it had a bunch of you know, curlies in it. And then they had the speed slide and then they had, you know, this other slide. And then they had this, I mean, I was just like in wonder, just beside myself excited. Some of us can, you know, relate to that. Something in you, you look forward to. And, you know, when, when Noah was born, just, I was in amazement that God loved me so much that he gave up my son and knowing how much I love my child. And yet, I wouldn't give up my child for anyone. And I had this, this epiphany about God's love. You may or may not have that story, but you have some kind of story where you can identify with that. Wisdom that creates wonder. Jesus, in the book of Luke chapter 2, even as a little kid, he was creating wonder in people. In fact, his parents couldn't figure out where he was at, and he was in the church in the temple And he was talking to these older adults, and they were just amazed at his understanding and his answers. I mean, from day one, Jesus was amazing people. And then he goes on for the 33 years that he was here on earth, and he was amazing people. He said things that made people stop and think. Things that people just didn't say. He was even challenging the church people, the the pastors, the the, the priests, those who thought they had it all together. He was healing people. He was saying, you know, you've been told when someone's hits you on the right cheek, you know, that you should just an eye for an eye. But I tell you, you should turn to him, the, you know, the other cheek and the first will be last and the last will be first. I mean, he spent all this time teaching people things that they hadn't heard. And it left them in amazement and wonder. And then, of course, some saw when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then they were in wonder when they said, they sped on him and and they whipped him. And they had to have been in wonder when he prayed for them and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I don't know if it was wonder or just, you know, just confusion. But when Jesus said, it is finished, did they know what it meant? For some of them, maybe they did. And three days later, I, I, you know that, that the people that visited the tomb, you know, that ran to the tomb, he's not here. Had to have been in wonder and amazement. Jesus has been wondering and amazing people throughout his life on earth. And normally when you hear a sermon on something like this, this is where the sermon stops. Jesus is wonderful counselor. Uh, that's it. But I got to thinking about today, How does Jesus counsel us today? Because Jesus, after he resurrected from the dead, 
He appeared to his disciples for 40 days. I mean, he went to Thomas and said, see the holes in my hand? And he began to appear, but then he, he said a bunch of important stuff that we talk about all the time, and then he ascended into heaven. So he wasn't there in fleshly form to counsel. If you are going through a really hard situation, you can't physically see Jesus you know, the picture of long hair or whatever he looks like. You can't physically see him there. How do we get counsel today if he's the wonderful counselor? How do we get counsel when, when we're in a really hard situation or we need to know what to do? Jesus counsels us today through his spirit and through his word and through his people. Getting really practical today. Jesus counsels us through his spirit and through his word and through his people. I want to talk to you today about what that looks like. When Jesus left earth, he, he told his disciples that he would be sending an advocate, a counselor, the Holy Spirit that would come. And they waited on him and In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes, and now they have access to the Spirit's presence in their life. Jesus says, when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is what teaches us and reminds us. Think about that in your life. In the middle of whatever you need wisdom or counsel for, the Holy Spirit, as we have relationship with Him, He teaches us and He reminds us of everything that Jesus has told us. So how do we activate this Spirit? It's why we celebrate tonight with those people getting baptized They ask Jesus into their heart, and then as a public testimony to that, they're getting baptized saying, Jesus is in my heart, and I have God's Spirit inside of me. And as a result of that, we're able to to have wisdom and knowledge at our fingertips. So an action step for that, before we move on, is to seek His Spirit in prayer. This is really practical today, but there are sometimes situations where Someone will come up to me and say, such and such was in a car accident. Or I'll get a text saying that this situation is going on in this marriage. Or someone will come up to me on a Sunday and say, I need you to pray for me because this is happening. I need some direction. Or give me direction. And I'll pray right in that moment, right? I don't, I don't go into a a temple in here. I might be in the car. I might be at home. I might be somewhere. And I say, Jesus, help me to know what to do. Give me your spirit. It's not just me. We all have access to that. Some of you have done that. You're in the middle of a situation. You don't know what today to do. And you say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Give me direction. Those are spontaneous examples, but even just every day in our prayer time, we should be saying, God, give me your spirit today. Because if you give me your spirit, then I can receive counsel, I can receive truth, I can have what, what I need to be what you want me to be. One of the ways 
that Jesus counsels us is through the Holy Spirit. Another way that he counsels us is through the word of God. In fact, Paul writes in 2 Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God. In other words, we believe God's word to be inerrant, that that this is the compass, the moral compass for our life. And it's useful to teach us. Think about that. God's word is what teaches us. It counsels us. These are the three avenues, right, that God uses to, to bring counsel to us. The Holy Spirit, number two, the word of God, which is useful to teach us what is true. I just don't know what to do. This happens like a lot. You've heard it too. Someone in your life says, I just don't know what to do. We've all done that. I don't know which path I need to take. This one has more money, but I feel like I don't believe in the, I don't believe in the principles of the company or, or, you know, this is what I'd really like to do. But for some reason, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. And my question would be, have you asked for God's presence, His Spirit? Have you, have you been devouring God's Word? Because as we do those things, it gives us what's true. And what's right, and it makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. Sometimes we don't know which way is up. One time I was diving off of a, either a boat or little, I don't like heights, so it couldn't have been too big, but I remember diving off of something and I got down in the water and for some reason I got turned around and I didn't know which way was up. And I only had so much air. So which way am I supposed to swim? And I remembered my earthly father saying, "If you get when you're underwater and you don't know which direction to go, blow bubbles, follow them." And in our lives, we get like that, and it's not always our earthly father that has the answers. For those of you who are needing counsel, this message is very timely. For those of you who are looking for something entertaining, you might be bored by this message. This is good information today if we're looking for counsel and wisdom from God. See, God's Word, it corrects us when we're wrong. And it teaches us to do what's right. One thing we got to be careful of is sometimes we think we're following the Holy Spirit. Like I heard people say before, you know what? I feel like God's telling me I need to leave my spouse. But the Holy Spirit and God's word will never contradict each other. And we see in God's word very plainly that that's not what God has for us. That's not God's plan for us. So we can look and say, you might be hearing a voice, but it ain't God's voice. So what we read in Scripture will be confirmed in the Spirit, and what we hear in the Spirit will always be confirmed in God's Word. So we have to devour His Word through discipline. 
Come on, give me something more lighthearted. Give me something, that, some quotable thing, something I can write down and put on Instagram or, or tweet out. That's not what today's about. If we, need, if we want counsel, if we want what's true, what's right, what's noble, if we want God to give us wisdom, we've got to be connected to His Spirit for His presence, and we've got to be devouring His Word through discipline. In your chairs there in front of you are little, you don't have to grab them now, but there's these little daily soul care plan cards. If you don't have a time with God every day, grab one of these and it helps you figure out how to do that. It's amazing to me, like when you get on Facebook or Instagram and parents will post these pictures of their kids doing things that are just make me filled with wonder. You see some of these girls that are in gymnastics or who are in dance or cheer or whatever, and they can fly and do all these things. I'm like, they have to be disciplined. You can't do that just by doing it every once in a while. You have to, you have to be disciplined. You, I mean, that's a lot of work that goes in for you to be able to do that. You see some of these travel basketball teams or and some of these kids, even at a little bitty age, they know what to do with the ball. They know where they're supposed to go. They, they understand all the different situations that make up a team playing together at a little age. Which tells me they're disciplined. Which tells me that they're putting a lot of time in. What if we also spent time in discipline? Devouring God's word. We might not ask for as much counsel. Because his spirit, through his word, gives us what we need. One final way that God counsels us today is through the testimony of others. I can't tell you how many times... Many of you sitting in here today have counseled me without you even knowing it. Sometimes God will counsel me just by sending someone to me that will encourage me, you know, in a moment where I just desperately need it. Sometimes you'll be in a situation where someone wrote you a card or they stopped by your house or they said something to you and it made a difference. It was a it was a testimony. It gave you wisdom and direction. There's times whether you realize it or not that you've said something to someone or done something for someone that counseled them and gave them wisdom and gave them direction. But there's building blocks. Because as we have a relationship with Jesus and we receive His Holy Spirit and we're growing that Spirit through His Word, then our spirit begins to bear witness with other people and we can begin to discern what God wants us to do sometimes through other people. Sometimes, if we're not, check this, okay? If we're not in relationship with Jesus and we don't have a spirit and we're not in God's word, what we use sometimes to figure out what God wants for us or really just to figure out what we want, 
is the testimony of others. And the problem with that is, is sometimes that'll lead us down the wrong road. Well, you know, you should leave your spouse. You, should, you, don't, you deserve to be happy. That's a testimony to you. But because you haven't been in God's word, and maybe you don't have his spirit in you, now all of a sudden this feels right even though it's wrong. And so the reality is we have to be able to discern this is a dangerous one is what I'm getting at. As we're in God's word and as we're seeking the Lord and his Holy Spirit, we're able to, to be able to decipher what's good and what's not good. Just kind of a goofy illustration of this. The other day, it was one of the staff's birthday and we went to the deli together and I wasn't quite done with the sermon. I, was, I had one more thought, but I just couldn't figure it out. And I'm sitting there and they're talking to me and, and I can't really talk to them because my mind is still focused on the message. And finally, I just said, can I just be honest, guys? I'm almost there and I've got this one thought, but I can't. You know, well, what is it? And I'm needing wisdom. And they start telling me things, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. My spirit's bearing witness, and that's not the truth. I mean, it might be true, but it's not the truth for this situation. That's, that's not it. That's not it. And then age. He says something to me, and my spirit, there's a different message today. My spirit bears witness with what he's saying. Because I was listening for God's voice and someone's voice and people were saying things to me and it wasn't connecting, it wasn't connecting, it wasn't hitting. And then age said something and God's voice showed up in his voice and I identified that and I said, that's it. Peace came and I could enjoy the rest of my meal and talk with him. And in your life, there could be people trying to talk to you and give you godly wisdom, but you are not listening for God's voice in their voice. You're wanting your voice in their voice. You're listening for them to confirm or to tell you what you want to hear instead of listening for what God's trying to say. But if we're not in God's word and we don't have his spirit, people can lead us down the wrong road. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He uses his spirit. He uses his word. And he uses his people. But there's one last thing. Wise counsel on God's end still requires teachability on our end. Have you ever been talking to somebody before where you are giving them the right things? You are counseling them. You're giving them truth. You're trying to help them. And they look at you and you know they are not listening to you. If you're a parent or you're an uncle or an aunt or a teacher or a coach, or somebody else who's in charge of people, you know what it's like when you give someone the right advice. You said it just right. You didn't say it too harsh, 
right? But you didn't say it so subtle that they didn't get it. You said it perfect. They're not mad at you, so the emotions are down. I mean, everything's just perfect. You give it to them, and you look them in the eye, and you can tell they ain't going to do anything I just said. And by the way, people have felt that way about us too. And while God's Spirit is available and God's Word is available, and people try to give us the right things to do and say, if we're not open to it, it, it doesn't matter. I remember when I was growing up, my dad would say, I'm going to tell you this, but you ain't going to do it. I'm going to tell you this, but you're not going to listen. And I didn't. So how do we stay teachable? Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Today it's more about teaching us how to fish than it is just giving us a fish. Folks, if we want to know which path to take, we have to seek his will. Which means we can trust him to listen to us and guide us in the right direction. Paul says, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that you would ever need to know, every valley that you ever have to walk through, every situation that you feel like you can't breathe and you can't get up from, everything under the sun for that matter, Jesus has wisdom and knowledge for you to be able to overcome it or simply walk through it. That may not wow you, but it's true. Jesus counsels us today through his spirit, his word, and his people. Let's stand together this morning. So, what do you need to do with that? Right now, you could ask for his presence. Right now, you could say, Spirit, speak to me. Sometime today, you could get in his word and, and you could begin to, to establish a time every day where you could get into his word and you could begin to hear him speak to you. Maybe today you could unclog your ears and hear what your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or someone that cares about you is trying to say. Or maybe because you're close to the Lord, maybe God gives you new wisdom to say, don't listen to what they have to say. Father, thank you that you are the wise counselor. Father, help us today to live the life that you've called us to live. Thank you for your word today. We give you praise. We are in wonder of who you are and the wisdom you give us. In Jesus' name.